Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Hope you're also enjoying this new format of like one answered question and one uh, rule of language learning. Let me know. You can find me on Twitter. Ollie underscore I-W-T-Y-A-L is the worst Twitter handle in the world, but yeah, so be it. Or on Instagram at I will teach you a language. That's easier to remember, isn't it? Let me know if, you, uh, if you're enjoying this, this new format or not. The sound will get better, I promise. I am um, actually in the process of recording some new uh, rules of language learning and I've got a better microphone set up now so the audio should be much better for future ones i'm uh, sorry about that i've just i'm, I'm learning like everybody <laughs> i'm learning how to do this stuff all the time and unfortunately the the results aren't always perfect but i do my best um right i thought i would read out another review because i quite enjoyed doing that in the last uh the last episode so the uh today's review comes from oh how am i going to read this kamikatsu Eight. And Kamikatsu 8 says, Having spent the past few months trying to catch up on this podcast, starting from the very beginning and still got a fair way to go, I just couldn't wait any longer to post this review. Ollie Richards is the real deal. His advice is honest, genuine and flexible. I really appreciate that he doesn't subscribe to a one-size-fits-all learning approach and even challenges his own tried and tested ideas with new languages and challenges. For, the, for a podcast this short, 10 to 15 minutes typically, it really packs a punch, and this is the first thing I turn to for any language learning tips. Keep up the great work, Ollie. It's much appreciated. Well, thank you very much, Kamikatsu8. That was actually a, about a year ago that you left this review, but if you're still listening, then thank you. That's a very nice review, and I, and I really appreciate it. Okay, then, let's, so today we're going to talk about music and language learning, a topic that does come up from time to time. And people never seem to be very satisfied with any answers on the on the topic of music and language learning. But before we do that, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. If you're looking for a professional teacher to help guide you through all the intricacies of the language you're learning, then you can find such a teacher, many such teachers, in fact, on italki. It's the place that I go to get my language lessons, and you can get a lesson too, a free lesson, in fact, by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. All right, then, today's email question comes from Helena. And Helena says, Hey, Ollie, I was reading one of your emails and listening to music, and I started wondering if songs help in learning a language, just like the audiobooks you recommend. Let me know what you think. So, Helena, thank you very much for that question. And we, we have covered it before, the topic of music. And, uh, but the, the, the reason I actually wanted to answer this question today was because I was having a discussion recently about exactly this. And it came from the interview I did a couple of years back with Dr. Stephen Krashen. And Dr. Stephen Krashen is one of the sort of, well, he is the authority on language learning. He is, um, one of the, most sort of long-standing researchers into second language acquisition. He's a guy who coined so many of the 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 terms and the ideas that we that we uh, the, now people who work with languages and linguistics think of as a guide to the best way to learn and indeed how we learn. And um, this interview with him, you can hear back in episode two hundred and twenty. Uh, and in fact, the 
yeah, so you can go to episode 220 to listen to that episode. But there's also a big blog post that I, that I created about that, which is, uh, perhaps even, even more useful because then you can actually watch the video as well. A big video conversation. Anyway, I asked the re- <laughs> sorry, let's get to the point. Get to the point, Ollie. Get to the point. I asked Crashing, what do you think of the links between music and language learning? Does someone with a musical background have a, an advantage when it comes to learning a language? Now, in our interview, I think he actually misunderstood, he either misunderstood or dodged the question, and I don't know which. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He, uh, I think he misunderstood the question, and he took it to mean, and this wasn't clear to me at the time when I was doing the interview, actually. It only became clear to me afterwards as I was re-watching it. But he took it to mean, like, can you teach a language through music? And his response was that there is very little, if no, evidence that there is any link between uh, music and language acquisition in that sense, in, in, this, in the sense of teaching languages through music. So can you kind of basically play people's songs and have them learn a language that way? So his kind of view when it comes to music is that there, you know, there, there's no link and it's, it's kind of, it'd be nice to think that there is, but the, the evidence doesn't suggest that. And Krashen is very, very evidence-based. The trouble with language learning is that it's very difficult to get any solid evidence for anything because it's such a kind of, well, it's a, it's a, a process that takes place entirely in our own heads, right? And the, the the result of all that stuff that takes place in our own heads, i.e. what you can actually observe through spoken ability, listening comprehension, is only, it's like a, it's, it's a very sort of fractured representation of what actually happens, you know, because we all know what it's like to kind of know a word but to then forget it when it comes time to speak right or to know a word and then but then not be able to understand it or pick it out of a of a of a, of a, of a recording so it's very very difficult to draw a straight line between like demonstrable ability and actual knowledge and so like research in language learning is very very difficult at the best of times Prussian's done a brilliant job but it's still very nebulous. You know, if we, if we if we had to sit down and say, right, what does the research tell us about language learning? The answer is not very much, unfortunately. But if we then turn to the question of, like, does someone with a musical background or musical ability have an advantage in language learning? You know, this is one of the things that many people have, they just observe naturally. You know, they, they people have this instinctive belief, instinctive understanding that knowing something about language learning, sorry, knowing something about music gives you an advantage. And people will will comment that a lot of the people that they know who are best at language learning are also good with music. And I have to say, I've also observed this to be true. People I know who are very good at languages are tend to, like, I heard would I would say, are disproportionately musical. Not all of them. I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of examples of of people where this is not the case and it's and it's also certainly not the case where people who are good at music um are always good at languages not at all but it, there does seem to be there do seem to be slightly more there seems to be disproportionately high number of of music musical people in the language sphere and and i think this is it, it just stands to reason it makes intuitive sense to us right because when you're musical you use your ears for everything and so it would stand to reason that you are then going to be better at things like understanding or pronunciation, perhaps, where you can pick out sounds and produce sounds accurately. I have a feeling that in my own languages, because my pronunciation tends to be quite 
my pronunciation and accent tends to be quite good in my languages. Um, I have a, f- a very strong feeling that it's related to my musical ability. Or could it be the case that I, I've always had this ability to hear sounds and so that's why I chose music? So it's not that there is a link between my musical background and my phonology in languages, but rather I had some kind of innate ability around sounds and that is why I then chose music and that is why I can, you know, I'm fairly good at that stuff with languages. Who knows? It's very difficult to say. But I have seen... There is a fair amount of research out there, actually, that suggests that a musical ear does give you certain advantages. And this is particularly true with tonal languages. So there's a quite a well-known piece of research that was done five years ago or so that showed that those with a musical background are better at picking out tones in Asian languages. So in case you're not familiar, uh, a tonal language or a language with tones uh, is where you can have two sounds that would be the same to us, right, as English speakers, but the pitch will change and that will change the meaning. So, for example, you might have C, C, C in Cantonese. Th- same word, right, the C sound, but it's three different pitches. C, C, C. And those would mean three different things. So, that it doesn't take a genius to see how a musical ability will help with that, right? Because you're able to hear one sound relative to the other. And it, you know, if you have had no musical experience, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to flog a dead horse here. That that's that's fairly obvious. I also heard a I came across a piece of research recently that 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 spoke about how how you someone with the musical ability is better able to hear the rhythm within within words and within sentences so you know when when i'm speaking i have a rhythm to my language like if you just listen to that phrase when i'm speaking i have a rhythm to my language a rhythm to my language when i speak you know that's a bad example but like there are there are what are called well there are different types of languages we won't won't get into this here stress timed languages for example um or syllable timed languages but basically all this means is that languages operate in different kind of rhythmic ways. And so there is research to suggest that if you have a musical background, you're better able to pick out the the, the rhythm within sentences and also within words. And that helps you then in, in, in lots of obvious ways. So I think there probably is a link between music and language in some kind of way. It's just very difficult. It's very, very anecdotal. And it's very difficult to to kind of go much go much beyond that although i'm sure people have tried and are currently trying but uh, helena's specific question stop beating around the bush ollie and get to the point (laughs) helena's specific question is uh do songs help in language learning so is it a good idea to learn songs i think the answer is absolutely yes learning songs helps in all kinds of ways and in fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, I've, I've actually recorded myself playing a whole bunch of music in different languages. I've done it in Cantonese. I've done it in Portuguese. If you go to, in fact, I think I've got a playlist on my YouTube. If you go to Ollie Richards, no, what do you do? You go to youtube.com forward slash Ollie Richards or just search for Ollie Richards on YouTube. I should have a playlist, which is music performed by me. So it's me playing music in different languages uh, in case you want to have a, a little chuckle at my expense. And um, but but learning music, learning songs helps in all kinds of ways. 
I, just, I had an experience the other day, actually, where I, I was just going over this, this children's song in Japanese. And there was a sentence structure. There was one line which I kind of, I, I immediately understood. But I, I realised, actually, I never say that. Um, it's not a phrase that I use very much. But then I suddenly realised, well, actually, I, I can just lift that, that phrase out of the song and start using it myself. Songs, because, you know, because there's not much in a song, there's a fairly limited amount of language, it allows you to focus in lots more detail on the stuff that you hear. Right, so the, so the phraseology is something that you're you're going to easily adapt because you have to spend quite a lot of time and effort to actually learn a song, don't you? So when once you've learned that song and and the, and the phrases within that song, you're going to learn. You're going it's going to it's going it's going to it's going to work its way into your speaking naturally. You're also going to learn lots of vocabulary, not least because songs tend to have vocabulary which are kind of a little bit different from spoken language. Um, for better or for worse, you know, it's not always the case that learning vocabulary from songs is a good idea, but you will learn vocabulary. I think one of the best, one of the biggest advantages to learning songs is that you, you just really have to focus on the phonology, on the pronunciation of, of words. Because the thing about songs is that singers have to have very, very clear diction. They have to really pronounce clearly the words that they are singing. And so that helps you identify with the purest sounds in the language you know it is true that often the way that a word is pronounced in a song is different from how you pronounce it in real life you know if you if you, if you just go and listen to any song and if you're from the uk like me and you go and listen to a singer singing a song in english there are all kinds of words that are pronounced differently but it almost doesn't matter because like the exercise you're going through is one of paying close attention to the sounds and that is and then and then reproducing it yourself if you like to kind of sing those songs to yourself in the shower or walking down the street or like i do or or whatever it's just a very very helpful exercise and also crucially it's very different from the kind of things that you, the kind of ways that you study a language on a daily basis. If you've got your head in the textbooks all the time, there's nothing better than sort of stepping back, taking a break and using that time to learn a song. You're going to activate all different kinds of your, uh, of parts of your brain in the process. So I think it's fantastic. So Helena, if you like music, if you like songs, I would really highly recommend just going off and spending some time to learn a song. It will help you in ways that you probably can't quite imagine if you haven't done it before. It takes a lot of time for a start. You might think it's a bad use of time, but I would say that certainly learning one song well for the experience of doing so is a fantastic use of time. And you'll, you'll, not least apart from anything, you will really enjoy it. So thank you for here, Helena, for your question. I hope that's answered it. If you'd like to ask me a question, you can go to IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash ask, A-S-K. And at the end of every episode, I'd like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And if you've never watched my interview with Stephen Krashen, then you really must, because he is a an absolute legend. And um, to have the opportunity to sit down and chat with him was uh, really, really wonderful. And many people have, have really, really enjoyed that video. We focus on links between between the research into languages and the polyglot community so what do what does what what are the links what are the connections between what krashen has discovered from decades of research and what he sees in polyglots people who go out there and learn lots and lots of languages to 
listen to or watch this interview because it's in video and audio format, you can go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash episode 319. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash episode 319. I'll put a link to the full, uh, to all all that, that interview content there. So you can find that. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you do enjoy the podcast, then you're going to love some of the email courses that I've created. These are completely free email courses, which are written specifically for different languages and different levels. I've spent years writing these things. So whether you are a intermediate Spanish learner or a French beginner or Japanese advanced, whatever it may be, I've got email courses that give you some of my best tips for learning those languages at different levels. So whether you're struggling with how to get started, whether you want to know how to understand native speakers when they're talking really quickly at you, whether you want to get better at learning grammar, I've got stuff for you that I send out completely free over email. If you'd like to get these tips, then please go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash tips. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll get them sent out to you right away.